Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this special Hall of Fame episode, I'll be giving you the rest of the 21st century players, as well as some of the coaches that can be considered for Hall of Fame inclusion. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, let's continue. Um, we're doing a special, well, few special segments concerning the Hall of Fame, the Basketball Hall of Fame. So when I last spoke, we covered some of the shoe-ins for the next three years. Guys like Ginobili, uh, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Vince Carter, po- Paul Gasol, and then I talked about some of the 21st century guys that um, should be considered others, you know, uh, probably not. Uh, Guys like uh, Chauncey Billups, Gilbert Arenas, uh, Richard Hamilton, Elton Brand, and I think the last person I stopped off at was... Stephon Marbury uh, presented a case for him. Uh, somebody who should be considered. Um, so let's move on. Uh, next person on my list, Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal, who actually came straight out of high school. He was the <coughs> in the draft done. 1996 draft, he was drafted 17th, so some expectations, not all that high, but um, anyhow, he came into the league, uh, he was drafted by Portland, uh, played there for a little while, then he moved on to Indiana, where he really put himself on the map. Uh, He played up until 2014, and... Uh, as far as, well, Indiana, he, he uh, was famous there. Then he went on to Toronto, went to Miami, to Boston, to Phoenix, and to Golden State. Um, he's a six-time All-Star, uh, three-time All-NBA. He won a Most Improved Player, uh, played in over a 1,000 games. Um, average 13.2 points per game. Eh, not all that great when you look at that. Um, 7.2 rebounds. He uh, um, 46.7% from the field. 71.5 from free throw range. Uh, 6'11", 226 pounds. Um, power forward slash center type. Um not overly impressive. He does have the six all-star appearances along with the three all-NBAs. Um, but overall, those are not eye-popping numbers. So he probably's in the Hall of Very Good, Hall of Fame. Probably not. Um, let's move on to another big, Zach Randolph. Um, again, you know, when you hear that name, doesn't exactly wow you, but listen to these numbers. Um, 
he he came into the league 2001. Uh, he was he came out of uh, Michigan State. Uh, he was 19 pick in that draft. Uh, 6'9", 250 pounds, known as Zebo. Um, and he he started out in Portland. Then he went to New York. Very brief. I think it was he was only there a season, and until he got dealt um, to the Clippers. Then he went to Memphis. Memphis is where he really his game really flourished there. And then he ended his career with Sacramento Kings. Uh, only a two-time All-Star. Uh, once All NBA. He's one of the most improved player. Uh, he's played in over 1,100 games, 16.6 points per game, uh, 9.1 rebounds, uh, shot at 47.1% uh, from the field, 764 from uh, from the free throw line. Um, not eye-popping numbers. Um, he's didn't really have the postseason success. As well, uh, same thing for O'Neal. So, um, I think he may have gone to the playoffs a few times, not that many. Uh, but yeah, so I would say the Hall of Very Good Hall of Fame, probably not for for Zach Randolph. Uh, let's keep it moving. Amari Stoudemire, interesting case. Another kid came straight out of high school. Uh, 6'10", 215 pounds. He was ninth overall in that 2002 draft. Um, I remember it very well because the Knicks missed out on him, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> he went to Phoenix where he really, you know, he really, uh, really rose and shone there. Um, and then, and then he, uh, he got a contract. When that contract was up, he um, Phoenix decided not to re-sign him as a free agent. In comes the Knicks with that um, hundred million dollar offer to him. Um, offer he couldn't refuse. Obviously, uh, played well. Then he um, again those knees just didn't hold up the length of the contract. Um, he did move on to Dallas. And then to Miami before uh, ending his career. Uh, played till 2016, so he he's eligible right now uh, for the Hall. Uh, Six-time All-Star, uh, five-time All-NBA. He has a Rookie of the Year in his coffer. Um, played in 846 games. Average nearly 19 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, 53.7 uh, from the field, 76.1 from uh, from the free throw line, and he also had uh, 1.2 blocks per game. Uh, absolute beast. He was part of those successful Phoenix teams under Mike D'Antoni with Steve Nash over there vital piece to the what they were doing there and they came ever so close to um making a title run but um I, I believe it was the year where um 
They had the kind of brawl, and then the, all those guys got suspended, including Amari. So uh, that kind of hindered their chances. They, I thought that was that year was their best chance. So Amari Stoudemire, um, very interesting case. Very interesting case here. Um, I think he gets strong consideration, to be honest. Um, we know if it weren't for the knee, the bad knees, um, he could have did more, especially once he got here in New York, when, once he was paired up with Melo. Um, yeah, he'll be an interesting case um, down the line. Will he make the haul? And see, that's the thing. If you, uh, Chris, a guy like Chris Webber just got in, how can you not have a guy like Amari get in? That's my opinion. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I say eventually he does uh, at the at the rate um, the haul is going here. Um, let us move on. Uh, Antoine Walker, interesting case here. Um, coming out of Kentucky, he was in that um, 1996 draft along with uh, Jermaine O'Neal. Um, he went six in that draft in the first round. Uh, six eight, 224 pounds. Um, uh, stayed in the league until 2008, so he's definitely eligible. Three-time All-Star. Did win a championship with... Um, Oh, amongst the teams, of course, he started in Boston, um, paired up with Paul Pierce over there. Um, they gave a good run until uh, they started bumping heads with LeBron, and then <laughs> that ch kind of changed things. Moved on to Dallas, then to Atlanta, uh, back to Boston again, um, and ended his career in Miami, where he ended up getting his... Uh, championship so uh nearly 900 games played 17.5 points per game 7.7 .7 rebounds 3.5 assists uh 1.2 steals uh only shot at 41.4 percent from the field because he likes to hoist it from three-point range where he was uh, 32.5 uh, percentage-wise from three-point range and only 63.3 from the free-throw line. Um, another interesting case, um, I, he again, he's a guy I think is in the Hall of Very Good, but uh, not, definitely not Hall of Fame. Um, just on the outside looking in, I'd say Antoine um, Walker is. Uh, David West. David West. Let's move on. Uh, David West uh, coming out of Xavier. Uh, 6'9", 250 pounds. Solid. Rock solid. Uh, he was in that 2003 draft. Uh, the 18th pick in that draft. Started his career in New Orleans. Um Played solidly there, and then before moving on to the Indiana Pacers, then he made a stop uh, to the San Antonio Spurs, and then ended his career in Golden State just in the nick of time because he was able to uh, be part of two of those championship teams over there. Two-time All-Star, over 
1,000 uh, games played, uh, 13.6 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, 2.2 assists, uh, shot at 49.5% from the field, pretty good, um, 81.7 from the free throw line. Um, again, in the hall of very good, the two championships un under his belt looks pretty good on his resume. Um, I don't think he gets in, um, but he's definitely worth mentioning uh, as one of those uh, uh, top players in the 21st century. And then from here, I'm going to go international. Um, I'm going to give you a few guys that um, probably through their international acclaim can probably make a claim for the getting in the hall. Let's start with Peja Stoyakovich. Peja played, um, came in in 1998. Um, he came in with the Sacramento Kings. He was part of those fine Kings teams with, um, with Chris Webber and those guys. Then he moved on to Indiana, then to New Orleans, to Toronto, and then to Dallas. Um, 6'10-229, again coming out of Croatia. Um, he was he was uh, actually drafted in 1996. He didn't come into the league till two years later. So, um, he played those two years in Greece before he came over to the league. Drafted 14th overall, so it was pretty much a drafting stash for the Kings. Um, Three-time All-Star, um, once All-NBA. Um, he has the one championship that I believe he got with the Mavericks. Um, so he was able to catch that at the tail end. Um, 17 points per game, uh, 4.7 rebounds. Um, shot at 45% from the field, but, um, but a very nice 40.1% from a uh, three-point line and nearly a 90% free, uh, free throw shooter at, uh, 89.5. Definitely an interesting case, uh, for Stoyakovich. Again, I think the international play helps him, kind of pushes him. Um, him getting that chip kind of helps to put that on his resume. Uh, Pedro Stoyakovich, I think, could be considered a Hall of Famer, um, given the breadth of his, um, his career numbers along with the international play. He stopped playing in 2011. Um, let me give you another international player. Zadrunas Ilagoskis. Um... He, he played, he came in 1996. He was in that same draft with Stoyakovich. He went 20th in that draft, um, six slots down from uh, Stoyakovich. Big Z, 7'3", 238 pounds. Um, again, he, uh, he played with Cleveland most of his career and then eventually went to Miami had a lot of foot problems for um 
a lot of uh, foot injuries that kept him out, um, kept him sitting out some uh, seasons here and there. Two-time All-Star, um, 843 games played, 13 points per game, 7.3 rebounds. Um, he averaged nearly a block and over a block and a half a game. Um, 47.6% from the field he shot and 78% uh, percent from the free throw line. Another guy out of Lithuania. So um, he has the international play on his belt there. Um, interesting test case. I don't believe he gets in, especially not right away. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I just thought I'd put it out there. Um, Ogaskis. Interesting career. Pretty solid career. Is it Hall of Fame worthy? That's where the question lies. Um, Andre Kirilenko. Very interesting case here. Um, coming out of Russia, he was a... Uh, he came out of that 2001 draft. Um, he was drafted 24th overall. Uh, again, coming out of Russia, 6'9", 220 pounds, known as AK-47. Um, he, he played in Utah before moving on to Minnesota and then to Brooklyn. Um, but most of the damage he did in his career was while he was with... Um, Utah only made one all-star appearance, uh, three time, all defense led the league in blocks, um, nearly played 800 games, uh, 11.8 points per game, um, 5.5 rebounds, 2.7 assists, uh, 1.4 steals per game. And 1.8 blocks per game. Um, shot at 47.4 from the field. 31.3 um, from three-point range. And then 75.4 uh, from the free throw line. Very interesting career coming out of Russia. Um, definitely a defensive stalwart. Um, did lead the league in blocks at his size. 6'9". Um, um, does he make... I seriously doubt doubt it, but he does have interesting numbers, interesting case. Um, yeah, but I think he's in the hall of not just quite. So, um, so that's him. Uh, moving on to Luis Scola. Um, he he came in the league. He he has an interesting um, resume here. Um, he, cause he, he, he came into the league very late, very late. He came in the league as a 27 year old rookie. Um, again, he played and, um, started playing here in 2007. Um, he, he played for Houston. He played for Phoenix, played for Indiana, Toronto, Brooklyn, um, no all-star appearances for him. Uh, played in 743 games. Uh, 12, point, 12 points per game. 
uh, 6.7 rebounds, shot at 43, no, 49.3 from the field, uh, 74% from the free throw line, and 33.9 from three-point range. Uh, again, he came in very late, um, has a lot of international play under his belt, um, was drafted second, second actually, in the 2002 draft. Um, he was the 56th pick overall, 6'9", 240 pounds, um, probably in the hall of not quite, but... Interesting career, nonetheless. It's just that he started it very late. If he came in maybe about 21, 22, we may be having a different conversation. But uh, Luis Scola on the outside looking in. So that's. Oh, and then I have one more guy. Um, this is not international. Rashid Wallace um, coming out of. North Carolina, University of North Carolina, uh, drafted in 1995, um, played it till 2010, uh, took about a year or so off, came back, um, actually it was, um, it was the Knicks who talked him back into coming back into the league, believe it or not, so, um, he started his career with Washington, um, played with Portland, with those strong Portland teams over there. Um, moved on to Atlanta, then to T Detroit, where he got his championship there. Went to Boston, and then after Boston, he took that time off. He came to the Knicks. Um, drafted in that uh, 1995 draft, he was fourth overall. Um a four-time All-Star, uh, one championship that he got with Detroit, a little over 1,100 games played, uh, shot at 40, um, no, he averaged 14.4 points per game, uh, 6.7 rebounds. He averaged uh, over a block, 1.3 blocks per game, and a about a steal per game. Shot at 46.7 from the field, 33.6 from three-point range. His three-point range he developed as his career got later and later, and 72.1 uh, from the free throw line. Um, interesting case for Rashid. I would love to know um, the win percentage as far as his teams go because he was with a lot of winning teams. Um, those Portland teams, then Atlanta there, they had some success there. Detroit teams, obviously, their run. Um, Boston, I'm not sure if he was uh, part of the, the, he may have been, um, part of those Boston teams that uh, went up against um, the Lakers. Uh but definitely an interesting case for, for Rashid. I think he gets some consideration. Um, I don't know if he gets a whole lot of consideration, but um, Rashid Wallace, I with these advanced analytics now taking over, I believe 
some of his advanced uh his advanced numbers could uh push him in the conversation of being a hall of famer so uh Rasheed Wallace definitely an interesting case I think a stronger case than a Jermaine O'Neal and a Zach Randolph because of the winning that he was a part of and that's supposed to be the most important part of uh playing the game so um he was part of uh a few winners there even that year with the Knicks uh where they had their little short resurgence and made the playoffs so um Interesting t- test case, uh, Rashid Wallace. I think he gets some consideration. So that's all the NBA guys for the 21st century. Um, I think I'm going to cover, uh, let me cover co- coaches. Let me cover coaches right quick. Um, and a f- few of these names. Ah. It could go either way. Um, here's a guy I thought would probably be in the hall. Larry Costello. Um, he's, he was coaching back in 1968 uh, up until 1979. Um, he coached for two franchises. Longtime Milwaukee Bucks coach. And he had a brief stint with the Chicago Bulls. A two-time uh, Western Conference champ winner. That's when the Milwaukee Bucks was in the West at the time. Uh, he won the one championship with Lou Alcindor and Oscar Robinson. Um, his uh, win totals, win losses, 430 with um, wins with 300 losses, which equates to about a 58.9 percentage um win percentage so not bad pretty good pretty good all things considered but i thought he was already in i'm surprised maybe because um maybe it wasn't long enough careers only equates to about 10 seasons so um maybe that's why he's not in the hall mike fratello mike fratello um he Coached in three places, Atlanta. You know, he was part of those Atlanta teams with Dominique Wilkins and those guys. Um, Then he moved on to Cleveland. Cleveland there with um, with the the Mark, the Brad Darty, Mark Price teams there. And then on to Memphis um, with that with that ball club. Um, He uh, he. Um, started head coaching, uh, 1980, stayed there until 1990. Then, um, with Cleveland, 1993, got there, stayed until 1999. And then with the Memphis squad, 2004 until 2007, before he left and went in the booth. Um, uh, he, he has a coach. Uh, Coach of the Year award um, in his coffer that he got in 1985-86. Um, his win-loss, 60, 667 wins, 548 losses. So that comes out to 54.9% uh, 
win percentage. It's okay. Not great. It's okay. He's made a few Western Conference, uh, Eastern Conference championships, but uh, he was up against those buzzsaws of the Boston Celtics, the Bird, the Bird, McHale, Paris Celtics, and couldn't just couldn't get over that hump. But um, definitely someone who, you know, is he Hall of Fame worthy? Does have the one coach of the year. Um, definitely over 500. That helps. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think he's the hall of very good, but not great. Uh, moving on, Del Harris. Del Harris, um, he's coached. He, he's coached at uh, the Houston Rockets, Milwaukee, then with the, with the Lakers. Uh, and he's had three um, stints there, as you can see. Uh, not, he started head coaching in 1979 through up until uh, 1983, then with Milwaukee, uh, 1987 to 92, then with the Lakers, 1994 till about 1999. So he was there for those lean years with the Lakers. So, um, in fact, uh, that was uh, Kobe had just got there, but I don't think they. At that time, I don't believe they got um, Shaquille just yet. So, um, anyhow, he has a coach of the year um, that he won in uh, actually 1994-95. 556 wins, 437 losses. He actually has the same win percentage as Mike Fratello. uh, 54.9% percent win uh win percentage he and he did make um he he does have one western conference championship uh that he got with uh houston um when they got to the finals but uh they couldn't beat the celtics at that time um and that team he had um most was it moses malone Yeah, yeah, it was Moses Maloney had. And they just couldn't get over the hump. Uh, they couldn't beat those Celtics. So, um, is he Hall of Fame worthy? Again, um, the culture year does help. Especially you got it with the Lakers. I, I say he's right up there, but not quite. Not quite. Um, I give you... Um, and I'm give you one more. Actually, I'll give you two, two more coaches. Um, George Call, George Call. Um, he's bounced around quite a bit. He coached with Cleveland, uh, then with Golden State, uh, then to Seattle, then to Milwaukee, to Denver, and then to Sacramento. Um, started coaching 1984 and went up to 1988. That was his first stint with Cleveland. And then um, on from there, 
1991 up until coaching straight until 2016. So he's pretty much eligible. Uh, he has a coach of the year that he got uh, with actually with Denver. Um, he got it because remember uh, they had just shipped out Mello. So, um, they had just shipped out Melo, so everybody pretty much poo-pooed, um, the Nuggets, but he took those pieces that they got back from the Knicks, and he, he really coached, coached those guys, um, and that's how he got coach of the year. Um, 1,175 wins, 824 losses. Which equates to fifty-eight point eight percent win totals, um, and he and he made it out of the Western Conference once with that Seattle squad uh, with um, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. So uh, I and I know it doesn't jump out that he should be. But listen, if you just put Rick Adelman in, you got to consider George Call, I think. I think you have to consider George Call. And, um, and he, he coached some pretty fine teams. Um, those Golden State teams, they were not with... They were not where... Actually, it was the Seattle teams, really that um he really made his bones and then definitely the Milwaukee play, uh, he coached well there and Denver so um George Carr I think should get consideration for the hall definitely should um yeah I I think possibly he could get in possibly he could get in so um and then this last one uh, this kind of a uh, this is kind of a hit or miss here. Dick Mata. Um, Dick Mata, he coached, um, he started coaching in 1968. So I'll tell you how long ago that was. Up until 1987, took a year off, came back in 1998, uh, 1989 rather, coached until 1992. Took another year off, coached 1994 up until 1997. He has a coach, coach of the year award that he got with Chicago. Um, remember those early Chicago teams were tough-minded defensive teams. Then he went on to Washington, where he was a two-time Eastern Conference champ, and eventually they won a, a championship there with the with uh, Elvin Hayes. Wes Unsell, Bobby Dandridge, and those guys there. Um, then he went on to coach Dallas. He coached them, I believe, when they were just coming into the league. Um, Dallas, um, Sacramento, back to Dallas again, then to Denver. Um, only problem with his numbers, you, you look at it, he does have a coach of the year, like I said, Twice he got out of the Eastern Conference. He got a ch NBA championship. But his record leaves a lot to be desired. 935 wins. 
um, over a thousand losses, a thousand and seventeen losses. So that leaves them at forty-seven point eight percent. With those type of numbers, uh, I say probably he does not get in. But otherwise, he has the credentials here. Excuse me. He has the credentials, so I would say he probably doesn't get in, but if, based on the win percentage, he doesn't get in. So so those are my coaches. Um, next, I will probably break down the current players. Um, I definitely wanted to go through that. Then after that, I'll do uh, the players before the... Um, during the Bird Magic era, then I'll do the players before that. I'll do some WNBA players as well. So um, stick around, guys. There's more in store in this special Hall of Fame edition of All Things Basketball. So, my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD that sports dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD that sports dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD that sport dude. Also, you can email me at that sports dude GD at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gd that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.